Okay, and welcome to episode 53. I had guest Chad Howery from the Chad Howery Real Estate Group, which is a part of Keller Williams. And so we talked a lot about the crazy housing market that we have today, what the struggles are like to uh, be a new realtor, some tips from the pro on what you can do if you are a new realtor on how you could stay ahead and stay competitive. And also we had some fun talking about uh, some fun real estate experiences that we've had. And so I hope you enjoyed the listen. That's the fun part of it though. See, this is basically the entire podcast here. We don't need any, we don't need any, you know, real estate data for Craven County. This is the, this is the podcast here. Did you just slam the wall, Claire? I feel like Claire just slammed the wall. Or that might have been someone coming down. She's like, hey, we're live. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're just banging on the wall. Hey, we're live. Look, let's go, you knuckleheads. <laughs> What's up, Chad, man? I appreciate you coming on so much. Thank you. I appreciate you for having us. Random inappropriate question. How old are you, by the way? I'm a big 4-0. You're not that much older than me. Yeah, I'm, uh, let's see. I think I'll be, all right, I think I'll be 40 in June. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm, third, I'm 39 now, right? 82. Man, I don't think about my age. I just don't. I just don't think about my age. You know, I just know that I'm in my 30s. So now it'll be easier next year because I know that I'm just in my 40s now. But, man, I, I don't think about my age. I mean, I don't feel like I'm 20. So it's not like, oh, I think I'm, like, younger than I am. I mean, I know my body is aging because I have never really taken good care of my body. But mentally, I feel like I'm still, like, 20, you know? Like, that, that's kind of the point. Physically, I'm definitely not. But that's my fault. I didn't take care of my body. Um... But yeah, I mean, so that's why I don't think about my age. It's, 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 it's not important. It's just not, my weight isn't important to me. My age isn't important. Like those are all just numbers for Vogue magazine and men's health. Like none of that stuff matters to me, you know? Anyway, uh, but Hey, you know, what does matter about numbers is uh real estate. Why don't we just talk about real estate numbers all day? Because Chad, um, if you, uh, I don't know what view we're on right now, but if you're on this, like, or maybe you can even just see it from Chad's view, but Chad has brought a wealth of knowledge here with him. Hold on a second. Can I see that middle page right there? Is that like confidential information? Not only did he bring a wealth of knowledge, he also highlighted said knowledge. Like, my God. Like, this is just so well prepared. I mean, I'm not, like, I hope you know I'm not picking on you. Like, I'm just thoroughly impressed. You're probably the most prepared guest I think I've had in 53 guests. Well, I've never been on a podcast, so I figured uh, might as well be prepared. This is your first That's one? first one. We should have had champagne instead of instead of coffee. You know, I do have bourbon if you want to throw a little bit of bourbon in here real quick. I mean, it's like, that, that's like a little bit of nectar in there. Um, I've kind of actually seen a report like this before about the... Uh, so, Pamlico County, uh, where I live, there's you're saying there's 42 listings. Wow, so Pamlico stays on the market an average of 25 days in comparison to five in Craven, huh? Correct. So Pamlico's, would you consider that's not as hot of a market then? Well, still, 25 days is... That, that's still pretty good then is what you're saying. It's just not as hot as... as like a Carter, it's a seven days on market, eight in Jones County. Um, why do you think it takes... I mean, it's funny to ask why it takes longer to sell in Pamlico, but to your point... 25 is actually pretty quick, but 
but either way, I mean, if you think about it, like maybe years ago, 25 w- would be really quick, right? So now I guess the point is like really quick is like under two weeks then, you know what I'm saying? And so what? why do you think Pamlico takes longer to sell than Craven County, I guess is my point. Uh, probably location of, you know, of course there's not, <clears throat> you know, the, the big down, well, the mall, the downtown, the, the big population of people, so mm-hmm. it's... It's maybe not as attractive to yeah. the the military and the type of people that that move here. I'd say it's more of a location. Still great to great to be there. It's just when people look Newburn, they look Newburn and then mm-hmm. they work their way out. Right. So, um, if if you had to just take a guess, because you probably probably don't know this off the top of your head, would you say the majority? Oh, how many listings are right now in uh, Pamlico? So Pamlico forty two. Forty two. Would you say the majority of those are deeper into Pamlico, like like much past Grantsboro kind of yes, thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think that would probably yeah. have a bigger factor to the reason being is, uh, you know, when we moved here. Uh, my wife and I stayed with my in-laws down in Merritt, kind of near Oriental. Like I would, I could not move to Merritt. I mean, it's just, it is just too far. I mean, you really have to stay. You have to like live and work in that area right. or just accept the fact that you're going to drive 45 minutes to an hour each day to commute. And I, I can't do that. I did that a long time ago. I can't do it. Anymore. Right. So when we were looking for a house, we were looking, we wanted to stay in Pamlico, but we just want to get a little bit closer, but not super close. Cause we also want to be able to drive back to their house all the time. Right. So we landed in Olympia, which I think if someone's looking to move to the area, um, I think Olympia or Reelsboro is probably the best of both worlds to live in Pamlico because you get an even lower tax rate than Craven. Right. Um, but then, like, where I'm at, I'm five minutes from the Noose Bridge. You know, it, well, it's, actually, it's probably, like, seven or eight, but it, it's relatively quick. I mean, basically, as soon as I get into the bridge, I'm, like, now downtown. You know? Right. So, for us, that worked out really good, but... Yeah, I guess that was kind of my point. You know, if there's a lot of houses that are out in Bayboro or Arapahoe or something, I mean, that's you're getting pretty, I guess, deep into Pamela. Correct. And it's, to your point, not as attractive location-wise. Right, and just depending on where they work and what schools yeah. they want to be in. And if they're on military, of course, it would be an even longer drive. But yeah. that might be more appealing to somebody in Little Washington or Greenville. Right. It's probably... A bigger pull for Pamlico. Yeah, it's too bad because there's a lot of really nice houses in the Pamlico area, and and then typically they're priced lower. I would imagine they are um, than, they, than Craven for like the same square footage house, the same lot size, all that kind of stuff. Actually, the the median price point for Pamlico is higher because there's waterfront. Oh, so there's okay. a lot more a lot more waterfront. So Pamlico's two sixty nine and Craven County is two thirty one. Okay. So that's the so difference. the average the average house sale is in the two hundreds for Craven yes. and Pamlico. Got yes, it. I feel was that is that much higher now? Because I feel like it was like in like the mid like hundred fifty hundred eighty. Oh, uh, probably four or five years ago, probably the one eighty five. Yeah, ish mark somewhere okay. around there, and we're at two thirty, two sixty, two eighty in certain counties. So yeah. it's a huge huge change wow. yeah it just changes so much i think that's one of the things that gets me with real estate um i mean i've never been in real estate other than the couple homes i've sold and, and bought um so i don't have a wealth of knowledge but i have it from the buyer and the seller side of it anyways but it does it, it just it, there's so much that goes with it you know it changes so much and then just having to understand how all the individual documents work how the parts of, you know, because there's probably, I don't know, what, five phases to buying a house between the 
getting approved, the closing, um, or, or like the, the, the title searching, the, right? like all those different little things that go into it. And each of those things can take a couple of weeks, you know? Right. And so there's just so many, it, so that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily change, but just having to understand all of that, you know, as like a buyer or a seller, it is super overwhelming. So right. you really need, I mean, not just to sell your service, but right. I mean, you really need an agent. I think for me personally, like, for me, a good agent is someone that can kind of like hold my hand a bit through the process, but you know, not dumb it down so much where I'm like a kid, but just like, this is the kind of stuff you need to know. This right. is like what you need to do right now. Like, I just need you to focus on doing this kind of thing. Um, like when we were selling our house, like our agent was super specific on like, like even in our basement, she was like, oh, you got to get all these junction box covers. You know, they were like 20 cents a piece, but she was like, just put covers on each one of these things, you know, and just clear the basement out. And just move all these things around just to make it look presentable, you know? And so it just made it really easy for us to get our house ready to sell, you know? Because, I mean, that's, you know, you don't want a house that's on the market for 180 days. Right. Why why is it on there for 180 days, you know? And so you you want, I don't know that you want a five-day sale. (laughs) You you, you don't want it to be out that quick, but, you know, you, you definitely, you want... A reasonable amount of time to sell right house, right yeah and point. yeah and of course an agent is there to problem solve and for the education right. and experience that they have it's mm-hmm. you know anybody can sell a house it's just whether you want the liability that comes along with it mm-hmm. so that's why i tell people that well and communicating <laughs> yeah, with yeah, the other realtor yeah. there are problems you know so you're not having to go yell at the buyer or the yeah. seller or yell at the other agent or something like that right. there was there was a lot of hair pulling you know when we were selling our house and so a lot of it was like i, I just need you to I need you to like tone them down and I just, yeah. you know, I need you to give them a reality check. It just, it was a lot, a lot of that kind of stuff. Right. Know? It's a very emotional process selling your house. It is. And, and, and buying a house too, but mostly I think selling. I think the selling is more emotional than the buying. Right. And then I feel like I've always done a good job of removing emotion and just mm. really focusing on what each buyer and seller needs. And then yep. I think that's the biggest key is removing emotion. So yep. just just because you're spending a lot of money, you want it, of course you want it to, to feel right, but removing the emotion when you're spending a lot of money, you that's could right. spend too much or not enough based off emotion. So <laughs> what, what would you say was your, uh, do you have like a story that stands out that was like like a highly emotional moment i guess um not like a person but just kind of like a moment where it's like whoa it's getting a little dicey um not really i mean or a positive I, yeah one. i'd say a positive one um it was a buyer downtown no 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 <laughs> uh a buyer downtown um bought a historic house uh was a short sale um of course i won't tell you the address person but bought bought for two hundred thousand appraisal came in and it came in at like 400,000 on appraisal which this is a short sale is a distress mm-hmm. sale um but basically she had $200,000 equity mm. you know at closing and now that same house is probably worth 750,000 wow. so and, and to this day I still see her and you know she that's the first thing she says like wow. this is a deal of deal of my life so wow. that's why we're in the you know in the business it's not just to sell another house it's yeah. to to build generational wealth for people so yeah. you know not every story is like that but sure. that's the one that you know if really anybody sticks out because yeah. it's never happened before so yeah. well I'll, I'll i'll tell you my uh first home buying story as quickly as i possibly can um 
when we were looking for our first house, this is back in Rhode Island, and you know we had a budget. We were a first time home buyer. I mean, I didn't make a ton of money, and I was just working. A, I was working at Best Buy at the time, and so um, I think we set a budget of like one hundred twenty thousand. So I mean, it was it was it was a pretty low budget, you know. But you can get houses for that much, and you can just we were looking for a fixer upper. You know, we were, we knew that we were gonna kind of fix up as we go along, and that was fine. We liked doing that stuff. Anyways, the first house we looked at was priced at one hundred nineteen thousand. It was an older house. Needed uh, what we thought was going to be a lot of work. Uh, didn't go for it. Fired that realtor at some point down the road because he just would not get back to us. Was not helping us out. Got a new realtor uh, to help us buy the house. We actually went back and looked at that original house. It was on a short sale, but it had been in the market for like nine months. Uh, originally, it started at like 240000 or something. So, I mean, it had already come down quite a bit. Long story short, the realtor... Uh, was good friends with the selling realtor and she had told her, I'm not sure if she was supposed to tell her or not, but she had said to her, hey, listen, it's listed at 119 right now, two months ago, which is basically like right when we originally looked at the house, said um, there was an investor that came through and put an offer for 89000 that the bank had rejected, but the bank just came back and approved a short sale for 89000 Oh, wow. But that investor already moved on to another property. Right. So we basically figured out what that next offer amount was, like the date of that approval amount. So the next morning, we went down to the realty office and put an offer for eighty nine nine. So we bought that house for eighty nine nine. Oh, that's awesome. And it was an old colonial home, and we loved it. I mean, if we could have put that on a truck and brought it down here, we would have. So anyways, uh, five or six years later, we go to sell it. And of course, the market's getting really hot at this point. So it's 2018, we're selling it. And we had just were like, I don't know, like we bought an old home that needs some work still. And we put a lot of work into it, but we only bought it for 89. So we were like, I don't know. I'm like, if we can get 130, <laughs> 150 for it, we were like, if we could get that amount, we were like, we'd be like pigs in poop, you know? So at the end of the day, we ended up selling the house for, I think it was like, 245 oh, wow. minus like a little bit of closing costs we gave to them. Yeah, so I mean, that was like a don't even know how that even happened, but some of it was the market went up, but a lot of it was the house itself just was more valuable than what it was sold at. I mean, I think probably when we bought the house, there probably already was equity into it, is kind of right, my point. Right. Um, but my wife and I just looked at the show, we were like, that would never happen. That would just never happen again, especially now where the market is just so hot. It's just, it's, I mean, maybe you can explain to me. It's probably pretty hard right now to be able to buy a house where there's so much like bidding happening and there's just so much like over asking happening. It's probably so hard to be able to say, well, in two years, I think I can get a little more for it. I mean, what, what's well, your take on well, that? Well, I mean, the multiple offers in certain areas are still happening a lot, but it kind of, Location-wise, there's certain neighborhoods where there's no houses. When one comes up, if somebody's mm -hmm. looking in there, you're, of course you're going to get multiple offers. But right, uh, you know, until something changes big with with interest rates and things like that. I mean, there's 168 listings in Craven County, and 84 of them are new construction. Wow! So that tells you more than half maybe aren't even ready. So when you're saying so, new construction, are you saying like a lot of, they're building it like on spec waiting for a buyer or like they, they don't have a, a buyer, a homeowner correct. yet. Correct. They're building it on spec. Yeah, there's 80, as of this morning when I looked, 84 active being built houses. Wow. So um, Why is there so many of that? Like, what, what's the, what's the logic behind that? Um, 
where there's a need for it. Dr. Horton sides. Okay, sure. Um, a lot of builders are putting a lot of lot on the ground. West Newburn opened up back in September. Um, just a, a need for it, and and even new construction. So you know, of course, building costs have went up. You know, within I had somebody that bought in Sneeds Ferry. That same house they closed like two months ago. That exact same house with the cost of lumber going up is like $10,000 more. Yeah, wow. So basically, okay. they closed two months ago. Yeah. The exact same floor plan, Yeah. $10,000 more expensive wow. just based off of, of lumber. So, so what you're saying, a lot of the, the new construction need is because a lot of people are just, hey, like, I want to move to New Bern or I want to move to Craven County. There just isn't enough available homes for sale. So contractors are kind of just getting smart and just kind of say, okay, so we'll just we'll just build more homes then. Right. Well, and, and Dr. Horton came in a couple of years ago with Lake Tyler and bought a lot of a lot of property. And mm-hmm. I mean, if just just that number, eighty four of one hundred sixty eight yeah, are wow. new construction. Yeah, so that's if half. say there was no new construction, that's exactly half. Actually. Yeah, yeah. You, there's eighty houses available oh, wow. <laughs> in, in Newburn. Right, so. right, right. Uh, so that's that's a crazy stat. Yeah. Um, so like the people that bought, you know, even four years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm seeing. Um, you know, closing disclosures where they're making forty, sixty, eighty, two hundred thousand dollars based off of where you bought at the right, time of right. something even four years ago. So, mm-hmm. and when when I was selling those houses, I was thinking, all right, you'll you'll have equity, you'll be able to sell, but right. not not eighty thousand dollars on some of these properties. Right, so that's, and that's kind of where we were at. Yeah. You know, we just figured out oh, we'll have like a little bit of equity in it. You know, that's part of buying a house is you have a little bit of an investment there. Right, you know? like like you said. But we didn't think it was. I mean, we we were blown away when the we had a couple realtors come through selling our house to kind of walk the house and right. get a feel for who we wanted to hire. And um, the one that we ended up going with, she came with some numbers with her. She came prepared. Like I, you, you probably come prepared, right? You know? And so <laughs> the one guy kind of just I, I didn't want. Winged it, winged it. No, yeah. <laughs> he showed up late for being late. Like he was oh, supposed wow. to be there at twelve, then calls us twelve thirty saying he's on his way. Oh, then wow. he'll be there at one, and he showed up like one thirty kind of thing. I mean, it was like yeah. so. But we were like, you know, we're just gonna give him a shot. He was recommended. He's like the guy, and then, and then he's, you know, he he sold me the line of, oh, he's like, he's like, let me go to work for you. He's like, that's when I really. Show. I'm like, no, no, man, you should have showed up like the first time, you know. So, anyways. Obviously, a very, uh, you know, poor choice. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that might have been an off day for him, but you know that that makes a bad impression. You know? Right. I don't right. want that guy fighting for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, um, the one we went with, she brought like a pretty thick packet of like all the comps and stuff, and then she was like, "Oh, here's what they've all been selling for. Here's right. like what I think we can list yours for." And I'm like, "Wrong house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the wrong house, yeah, you know." Yeah. And so, yeah, so we were, like, completely shocked and blown away. It was kind of crazy. That's awesome. Um, hey, man, yeah. so what else you got here? So I, I, you came prepared, so I don't want to just dismiss no. this. I, I no, want to really no. through what you got here. No, just really just kind of going over kind of going over the numbers. So what you see and, you know, on the news and, and with other people selling houses, it is a thing. We do have a housing shortage. Um, of course, if you're a seller, um, you know, in certain neighborhoods, you are making a lot of, of money to, to sell. Um, and same thing on the buying side with interest rates being low, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's, you can't sell high and buy low, you know, mm-hmm. it's really hard to do that. But just with the interest rates, it makes it where you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think it's definitely still a seller's market for sure? Then? Absolutely. Yeah. But still with 
in terms of interest rates. I mean, you might spend a little bit more money on the price, mm -hmm. but the interest rates are a you know point and a half difference. So you know, someone put up a chart one day. Actually, I'm not sure who it was. Um, I'm pretty sure it was someone from Donna's team uh, up on my Facebook right. feed, and it was a chart basically showing if you buy a house that's you know, 20000 more than what it probably should be valued right. for at this low interest rate in comparison to buying at the real value, but at like a 45 <laughs> 5% interest rate, your payment's actually more. You right. actually pay less for the house, but you're just, right. your monthly payment at the end of the day is what matters. You know, it's kind of like when I bought my, when I bought my Jeep, you know, years ago, um, I, I didn't look at the price tag. I didn't really care what the price of the Jeep was. I just know I needed, this is my monthly payment. Mm -hmm. This is like, Figure a way how to get, get my monthly payment to this number, and I'll leave with the Jeep. Like, that's all, right. all I really cared about. You, you could have charged me 5000 more for the Jeep, for all I know. I just know my yeah. monthly payment was this payment. <laughs> that's all I care about. And that's kind of the point with the house, you know? Right. It's, of course, you don't want to overpay for the house. Right. Because well, you don't want to be underwater and then have negative equity and stuff like that. I mean, it, you know, those are obviously bad things. But there is kind of a line of like, okay, like, push comes to shove. There aren't a lot of houses on the market. Right. It's well, all like this, so you know we just gotta gotta make a decision. Right, and and there's checks and balances with appraisals, you mm -hmm. know, and things like that, and and appraisers are not coming in, and you know if you bid twenty five thousand above list price, and if it's not worth it, then appraiser is coming back and saying no, the house is only worth two hundred. So yeah. it, it's not kind of back in two thousand eight where everything was getting appraised no matter right, what value right. was on there you get appraised whatever bit you want you bid. right <laughs> um, so there you know a lot of those things um so actually how does it work then if um in in this kind of flippy floppy area where if you say all right i want to go under for 225 um but it was listed for 200 but all of the offers are coming over 200 right so you say i want to do 225 and a lot of what you're bank loan is going to be based on what the appraise because the bank won't the bank won't give you more money than what the house is right for, right yeah so so how, so how do we work around that so there's people that are doing like appraisal I'm sure these are questions yeah, you yeah. Get constantly about right them. appraisal waivers so somebody could offer 225 and say that if it comes at 215 i'll pay the difference oh. um, so they gotta pay the 10 out of pocket is what you're correct. saying correct they have right. option you know, a couple different options. One, the seller lowers the price to yep. the appraised value. Two, you find a happy median in between that price. Mm. Or three, both parties say no, and it goes back on the market. Got so it. there's there's workarounds. And, now, what uh, if the seller can't budge and I don't have the out-of-pocket money? Then You're just kind of stuck? If they don't have the money to bring to close and the yep. seller won't lower it, then basically... It would probably go back on the market. You're looking so. for another house, okay? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I, I didn't know if there was like a like when we first bought our house, uh, we didn't have any down payment money, so there was like a down payment assistance loan right. through the state of Rhode Island. It was like four first time home buyers. They basically gave you so much. Um, I think it was like a, not debt free, but it was like they basically gave you down payment assistance. Right. And kind of my point. right. So, you know, I, I wonder if something like that would come around, or that's like an idea to kind of push uh, out there where you can get that gap difference basically not generally in, in our in our market and a lot of people might do gift funds from family but mm -hmm. knock on wood i haven't had to deal with too much of too much of that we've always 
We've. Uh, we... <laughs> I'm just. He's looking around. <laughs> this is big witchy. He's looking. Around. He's like, oh god, oh god, oh god. There, there's normally, you know, there's normally a way to to make it work. Mm-hmm. So, um, or people are willing to pay a difference. Yeah. You guys for, hustle, yeah. yeah. I mean, because you know, once that thing goes under contract, it's pending. You know, and by the time that appraisal comes out, that might be what a week and a half later or something uh, like that. N- normally, but in our, today's market, normally probably three weeks or. It's even longer. Even longer. So that's my yeah. point. So, so you know, you get this house that's off the market now. It's, it shows up on pending on all the Zills and the Realtors.com that people are saving their houses for and stuff. And then, you know, then it's like, oh, well, we can't, we won't get approved. So now it comes off the market, I guess. Right. So that's like probably the, the thing that you're really trying to avoid. It's not the end of the world, I imagine, but you're really trying to avoid not having to put it back on the market, not doing another showing, right. not having to relist it, not having to go under another contract, go through another, all that kind of stuff. You know? right. So you, my point is you're really hustling to try and figure out how to make that right. gap work. Right, right. and there's times where it needs to come back sure, on the market where you know there's $20,000 worth of repairs and the buyer don't have, doesn't have the funds and the seller won't fix it. Right. So, right. Um, But of course, you know, you're trying to make... You know, in the end, you want both parties happy to get to, right. to get it to closing. At mm-hmm. the same time, if you know if somebody has second thoughts or there's a lot of repairs, you yeah. know, I, I always tell people, I'm not living in the house, so you're the one that has to be yeah, happy. So, that's right, yeah. <laughs> so now, do you do you love this game? I guess when I say the game, I mean like all the things we talk about is is, is a bit of a game, right? It's a it's a lot of a lot of juggling. It's a lot of uh, having a lot of grit, a lot of mental toughness. I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it, like. Do you like love it, love it, or do you kind of like like it where you're like this is a really you know good job for me, a good career, or do you just like live and breathe and love? I I live and breathe it maybe a little too much. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, up early, you know, I try to try, try to shut it off at night. At what a time certain did you wake time. up this morning? Um, I didn't get up till seven this morning. So that, I, that's late. Yeah, that's late. That's late. That's that's late. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, normally I'm up. You know, the first it's hard not to. It's hard not to check your phone the instant that sure. you get up. So um, oh, I just got another email from the star. Right, and just knowing, you know, you, I open it up to see what my day looks like. Mm-hmm. So I mean, sure. you'll have you know normal time blocking just like any you know good business person but then you open up that email and there's big rocks that have to be taken mm-hmm. care of mm-hmm. like as yeah, soon as you put out. right mm-hmm. as soon as you walk in the door but sure. um you know when i first started just not time blocking and controlling the expectations so i would right. let people call me at seven eight o'clock at night yeah and, and i'd pick up the phone or i would drop the hat Right. Uh, and go show a house. So mm-hmm. I've done a really good job of setting expectations that, of course, you can't call your doctor and get an appointment 15 minutes. Right. You know, but at the same time, if it's a house I know it's going to sell, I'm going to find a way between me sure. or somebody on my team to go show that mm-hmm. house. So it's definitely helpful when you have a team because then you can kind of have someone that can kind of like, hey, like, I know you don't want to do this right now, but, you know, could you know, could you right. out like in right. the middle of something else, whatever you Absolutely. know? You want to try and avoid those things, but it's definitely helpful to have a team to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. That would be the, people have told me I should be like in real estate, just like with the energy and just the tenacity <laughs> that I have. But that would probably be the one thing that I, I have a, I have a pretty solid line when it comes to, a, a, like even at home, like I used to do a lot of work at home, like for my laptop and I hardly ever yeah, get on my laptop at home now. H- hardly ever. I mean, unless I really have to do something, right. but I take no calls. I answer no emails. It, it bothers some people sometimes, but right. I mean, well, and I, I just, I have to, I have to do that because for me, 
that's like one of the few things I'm actually really consistent with and disciplined with because otherwise you just start making a slippery slope and it's like, all right, we'll answer that text at 9 p.m. Right. That makes no difference if I answer it at 9 a.m. the next morning. Right. Well, especially if they're asking a mortgage question. I was yeah. like, I, I can't even get it answered until yeah, tomorrow yeah, at 9. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's not going to be answered. You know, you're just, I think a lot of times they're just looking for some reassurance. Right. For like a little bit of like, you know, they're looking for a hug basically. Right. Well, in, in my calls, the times that you get a call, after that time tend to be important so it's a one-off sure. that i i will answer and of course sure. if you're negotiating a deal you'll answer it but i kind of set the expectation where i don't get a lot of those yeah. so and so uh, let me ask you this real quick uh how long have you been in real estate for uh i'll hit seven years in january seven years what were you doing before that uh, i was air force active duty got it. so you, you you came right out into real estate so Correct. why did you just choose real estate then uh my mother was in in the business been in the business for 30 plus years and mm-hmm. kind of always enjoyed it i i grew up where she was so doing you were kind of around it right some way or she yeah. she was I, I remember days of carbon copy <laughs> literally in missouri my mom would do one page carbon copy that was <laughs> your your contract and uh i remember the the bag phones she yeah. i remember the small town my mom oh was my in God. had like the first bag phone for yeah. a real estate agent. She, she, so. she, she, she had a Wall Street bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just oh my goodness. Yeah. So you're yeah. so you're 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 basically my age. So you yeah. remember some of these things. I was talking to my wife the other day, and I started talking. I'm like, oh my god. Like my wife's like only like three or four years younger than I am, but I was really dating myself. Like I felt like I was much older than I really was at that point. <laughs> I was talking. You ever, did you ever have a passbook savings account? What is it? A passbook savings account? I don't. I, oh my I, God. I feel like uh, I feel like I'm really sixty now. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it basically looked just like this. It was. Uh, it was a little. Account. Oh yeah, yeah, back in the yeah. Day, there was there was ATMs were just coming out. Let alone okay. electronic online banking that didn't even exist. The internet did not even exist right. back that day, right? So there's no ATMs. The only way you could touch money. Was by giving it to a teller or I, having I, a teller give it to you. Those are the only two I ways you could now. touch money, basically. And so, yeah, I remember having this passbook thing, and then you would, you know, I would deposit my $10 allowance or whatever it was, and they'd stick the passbook in this little printer thing, and I it remember. would print out your new balance. And if you took out $5, it would print out a little yeah. debit transaction on it, and you'd yeah. take it back. <laughs> I just thought that was the no. coolest thing. Yeah. I was actually in First Sydney the other day, and I, uh, about, a, about a job we're doing, I was like, do you guys still offer a passbook? I'm like, I just thought it would be funny just to get one for my kid or something, you know? But yeah, back in the day, there was just that was the only way you can get money. So that, the carbon yeah. copy thing didn't yeah. think of that. Um, but when I was explaining to my wife, my wife's head was just like, "Oh, like, what is this?" And I just felt like I was twenty years yeah. old, and I really was because right. just never even heard of it. She knows most of the stuff that because she's only a few years younger than me. Right. But that one was like way, way off out. The well, I, it brought. I had to think about it for a second, but right. it, but as soon as you said it, it, I felt like I was an eight year old kid, and I remember going in there yes. and literally that book, and you could not get money without mm-hmm. book. It was U.S. or it was. It's like U.S. Bank or something. I remember Windsor, Missouri. So I, yeah. it brought me back I, I to that was, memory. It was New so, Bedford Credit yeah. Union. It was one single, one single location. New Bedford Credit Union. Yeah. Props to you. Yeah. Um, hey, so I have a couple other questions here. Oh, what, do you remember the uh, first house you sold that wasn't yours? Because I imagine you probably sold one of your own homes. But do you remember the first house you ever sold seven very, years ago? Yep, very first house was in Hunter's Ridge. It was to the... That's Missouri? 
No, so here. Oh, here. Okay, okay excuse like, me. Where, where am I? Where am I thinking? Like in in real estate. Yeah. All right. So very first house I ever sold was a buyer. It was in Hunters Ridge, and it was the Walmart store manager for Newburn, who oh. is now in Greenville. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You remember? You remember that? You met? You remember the good, bad, and the ugly? So, yeah, it's like yeah. it's like my first job was at Subway, and I, which was and at this point I was sixteen, so it was twenty four years ago. Uh, it's, it's it's kind of odd that I remember this, right. but I remember the first sandwich I ever made. It was like a seafood and crab, and the guy <laughs> wanted lettuce and tomato on it. I found it kind of odd because I'm like, that seems like a weird veggie combination yeah. for it. But, but I but I remember yeah, it was yeah. the first sandwich I ever cut and made on my own at Subway. Yeah, it was it was it was, oh, it was a fun awesome. job. Now I was at Subway back in the day. Do you remember at Subway when they used to cut? It had like this weird cut from like the top, and they'd scoop out this. Yeah, like, it looked like yeah. a canoe, basically. <laughs> yes. They made like the canoe instead yeah. of cutting it like normal, normal people, people on the side. Right, and they didn't use to toast it either. <laughs> they didn't use to toast it. Yeah, no, there's a lot that's changed with with Subway. Yeah, but that was a, that was my first yeah. job. It was fun. Yeah. It's fun working at a sandwich shop. Um, if you were so, I'm gonna ask this question to ask a second question about your new position. But, um, what do you think is the most challenging thing? For a new realtor, so for, like I want to come uh, in as a new realtor because it's fun, right? The, I, I think a lot of people are getting into it because um, you know it's kind of flexible, right? Scheduling be kind of flexible, mm -hmm. and the idea of you know making a lot of money in this kind of business seems really attractive, right? But then you kind of, you know obviously every business, every job is going to have its own challenges. Right. But what do you think is the most challenging part um, of new realtors? So new realtors probably learning how to to work in the business as fast as possible just to get the data. So mm. just, I would say, kind of learning the business really, really fast and then learning how to get lead generate, basically. Learning how to get business, I Got think. It. Just people don't don't know. And of course, you start with who you know. And, you start with all your friends. Right, and build from there. And, and it's just taking your strengths to mm -hmm. to see what you're good at and and lead generating around those ideas. But I'd say kind of the contract side of it at first, it's a lot. I mean, it's yeah. the hardest test I've ever taken right, was right. a real estate uh, test. So learning the the documents and things like that initially is the hardest. Mm -hmm. um, and and after that is just you know every transaction you're going to learn a little bit. So you know, a little it's more, yeah. it, it's. You can learn a lot prior to writing, but mm -hmm. you need that on-the-job training of working with buyers yeah. and sellers and and learning how to, you know, you know personalities mm -hmm. and, and different, um, you know, different people from all over the world that you got to to make a connection right. that hey, you're putting two hundred thousand dollars in my hand. I, right. I don't take that lightly. Right? So. Yeah, you got to make them feel right. comfortable and so, they can trust you. Yeah. So, for any new agent, you know to to come in the office, be plugged in and, mm -hmm. and ask a ton of questions. Mm. I mean, that's the, the first thing I did. And I would ask the same questions sure. to three different people. Oh. And then I would formulate my opinion that's smart. Uh, based off of that. And just, you know, always raising my hand for open houses. And yep. like if, if somebody was not on desk duty, I was on desk duty and interesting and doing like grunt work kind of right. stuff. Right. Well, and I'm, and I'm old fashioned where I have to be in the office. Right. I, I enjoy the community of it and, yep. and just cooler talk where somebody's like, Hey, I got this deal. Mm -hmm. How would you handle it? Um, mm -hmm. so just being kind of plugged in and, and available and, and the training, you know, just, yep. it's, it's a lot, but just, 
getting plugged in and and you'll learn really fast that way yeah no that, that, that is interesting. you you, talk, you had said something that kind of made me think about the uh um you know about asking opinions of different people i used to, so i used to work at best buy for like 12 years and about five or six of them was as a as a manager and uh, which is actually like the, the worst five years of my life. It was really fun being a sales associate. It sucks being a manager right. in retail in general. Right. I think when you get to that that kind of manager, anyways, like maybe a smaller shop is fine. Um, but anyway, uh, I worked in probably four or five different stores as a manager, and so each time I'd get transferred to another store to kind of like basically help fix stuff. Um, inevitably I'd get people sent, you know, be like, Oh, you know, that guy, Chad, you know, he's like the one to do. And I'm like, you know, let me, let me, let me just form my own opinion. Right. You know, because everybody has their own, that guy just didn't like Chad, you know, or they didn't like Claire or something, you know? And so they, they'd be like, you know, almost like blocking you. So that way it kind of helps them, you know, a little insecure kind of stuff. But, but yeah, I, I would, I would typically take like the first two weeks and just kind of observe. I wouldn't, I wouldn't coach anybody. I, I wouldn't like, Unless there was like something major, but I would, right. I'd really just try and like just sit back and just make natural observations and just kind of go, okay, now I really understand this, right? Story, you know, um, but yeah, I, I can kind of see that you know, with, as a new realtor, you're going to get opinions from people saying like, oh, you know, when the buyer is doing this, you know, you really don't want to be doing that, or you know, this is really how you're going to get leads, and so. You know, if you kind of only listen to, you know, mentor of one, I guess you're just, you're, you're just going to assume that's the way you do real estate. Right. I guess that's kind of the point that I'm making here. And so I love the fact that you would do that to really like aggregate the opinions of people on those answers to kind of go, okay, well, some of what he said made sense. This guy's like wacky. But this other one kind of made sense. Let me kind of put these two things together. Right, and that and that's what I did. I mean, I watched other agents that were good in the business and take what fit, fit my personality type mm-hmm. that I knew I could take and, and, and right. run in my business because there's no one way to do real estate. There's sure. people that go to family events and to basketball games and, and pick up clients just based off of talking to people. And then there's, <laughs> you know, they're right. And then there's people that, you know, call their sphere of influence at a super high level and yep. generate business. And then there's people that buy leads that mm. that run a business off of that. And there's no mm. wrong or there's right no way. Right. 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 Sure, it's just sure. what fits your mold and what you're comfortable right. with. That's the great thing about it is right. there's so many different ways, whether you're an individual agent, you want to be on a team, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's different, you know, different companies and especially Keller Williams has other opportunities and leadership sure. um, or maybe... You, you like the real estate paperwork side of it, but maybe you don't mm. like people. Hmm. So maybe you're a fit for an admin, you know, kind of in you're the back. You're a Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's funny. That's actually how I uh, jumped up most of my most of my business in the last three years is just like casual conversations. Right. And, and that's casual conversations in person, but also online. Uh, rarely do I have a direct call to act, which is, I think is really important for businesses right. to do that. You know, Hey, like have a very simple, like call me for this, call me for that. I don't do it a ton. I mean, I do it when I do, it, it's pretty intentional. Um, cause most of the time I just figure people are just smart enough where if I just put out a nice video, if I just put out uh, a nice portfolio of a website, if I put out some nice photos, people are like, Oh, I know they take photos. So if I'm ever going to need to take photos, I like right. his style. <laughs> So I can call him for photos. 
You know, I, my point is, I just don't feel like I have to beat people down to like right. call me for photos, call me for photos, call right. me for photos. It's like, well, I got it, I get it. You you make pizzas, I get right. it. Stop well, telling me to order from you. Well, and that's how that's how we met. So that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's right. how we met, and just with the lifestyle videos, you've done a couple for me of just like, man, I like I. I know you could get 60 seconds worth of good content mm -hmm. and just seeing all the stuff you do for downtown. And um, and that's kind of probably why I'm sitting in my seat today. <laughs> so through my sister-in-law with the Newburn right. Cash Cash that's, Mob, that's right. um, who's right. doing fantastic work downtown it, it as well. It is kind of funny seeing how these like little dots kind of connect themselves. Because right. I do look back on those things sometimes and kind of go, you know, like how did I, you know, form these like longer relationships with people? But a lot of it is just like these right. casual... That's why I even said for this podcast, like, but you know, people come nervous. Most of the people that are my that have come on this podcast are people that I already know. It's rare right. that I get like a guest that I've never talked to, um, and so that's why it's really easy because it's just like we could be at Cyprus right now drinking a beer and having this identical conversation. Right. You know, the, the, to me, like, there's no difference to it, and so, um, and so that's that's what I found not unique, but th that's how I like to establish uh you know clients and longer term clients well, it's, it's more it's just based yeah. on just it's more authentic too so, it is yeah. it's very yeah. authentic you know I, I mean the thing is like i used to be a really good salesperson like at best buy when i was i mean i just i nailed it i mean i was ruthlessly good but i just i don't know i just feel like you're being self-employed i don't know i just right. it feels <laughs> like it just feels like rotten to do that same. I don't know. I just I'm probably overthinking it, but I just I just don't want to come off as like that guy that's like always asking for the sale. You know, so right. to me it's just kind of like you like me or you don't like me. You want to uh, do this? Or you don't want to do this? Well, so then just, it, you it, decide. I think on TikTok the other day I seen it. Relationships is a new currency. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and I that like was that. Like wow, that's so true. <laughs> Hey, so I'm pulling up my phone here because uh, -oh. uh I'm gonna ask nice questions. Um, uh oh, somebody hit me with some questions. Uh -oh. Real estate uh -oh. fun for chat. Okay, here we go. So yeah, so hit me some questions here. You gotta deliver that joke correctly though. Yeah. Before you do it. The 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 second one. Yeah. Did Did you hear the joke about the roof? No. <laughs> I doubt you'd get it. It's over your head. <laughs> I started laughing before you said. <laughs> 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 All right. Here's here's some here's some trivia. Um. I'm terrible at trivia, by the way. <laughs> How many times does the average person move in a lifetime? I would say seven. Eleven. But what's the Ooh. source on this, by the way? Multiple sources. Multiple sources? Right. Like, oh, okay. It was like 11.4, 11.7, 11.8. So, 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 so 11. So 7, 11. Now I'll remember yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, so the apartment from the TV show Friends in New York, uh -huh. um, Monica's apartment is the one that we're talking about. Um, how much do you think it's estimated to be worth? So it's New York. Mm -hmm. But I think some of the worth is also in the iconic value of the apartment itself. So you give me a little data that I should shoot a little bit higher with a number. <laughs> so my, perhaps my 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 initial gut was two million, but then you said that I'd said four million. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, it's th three and a half million yeah, is estimated so. worth. Yeah, it's estimated <laughs> worth. Yeah. It's like the uh, it's like the Full House house in San Francisco. Oh. There's like a, uh, if you see pictures of it that people post, there's like a big sign on the front gate, like please, like people live here, like please do not disturb, disturb. us, please don't knock on the door. door. <laughs> I guess it's like 
you got to take the good with the bad with stuff like that because you know that people are going to want to go to it, especially right. nowadays where everybody's taking photos. Yeah, I'm taking pictures. and Yeah, I mean, you, you got to recognize that people are going to want to do something with your house there. So if you want to live there, you, you have to That's... come prepared. It's like living a block from the airport. you, you got to know that you're going to hear an airplane. Right. You know? It's like you cannot complain about it. Um, this other one, I gotta phrase this because the, I feel like the question phrasing almost leads you to believe the answer of it. Um, or anyways, um, well, I guess I'll just ask it, uh, true or false. It is custom in Scotland for homeowners to paint their front doors red after they paid off their mortgage. True. True. I guess it's almost just like, it's such a bizarre thing. For them to do that, it's kind of like that has to be true. I guess. Do you see that on TikTok or something? I swear I see that on TikTok. Oh wait, is that like is that a uh, is that a viral thing or something? No, I've I recently heard that, but I don't remember where. So yeah, that's probably the only reason why I got that right. (laughs) But then, like, what? Oh, that's if after they paid off their mortgage. That's interesting. So I wonder what I need to know the etymology of the red zone. Right. Probably. Yeah. Probably a a symbol of. yeah, you're you're right, right. Yeah. <laughs> my Jeep's paid off. Should I paint my Jeep red? <laughs> Should I get it redone? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of it just it's such an odd thing. Like it's just almost like it sounds like believable that maybe it's not really true. You know? it's right. Just, it's just such an odd thing. But I mean, I can't knock them. What if that's their tradition? That's their tradition. And where's this in Scotland? Anyways, have you ever? By, by the way. Do you know the difference between, like, the UK, the British Isles, Great Britain, England? Do you know the difference between all that stuff? Well, a little bit. A little bit. I'm, I'm going to send you a link later. It's about three or four paragraphs long. About once a year, I read through it to, like, reacquaint myself with it. It is the most bizarre explanation. Basically, Great Britain and it is sort of like um, North America. That's sort of the easy way to explain it. Great Britain sort of like North America, you know, because theoretically, like, Canadians are, they're not really Americans. When you think Americans, you're thinking United States. Right. right? But they're a part of North America. Um, so that's kind of how Great Britain is, because Great Britain encompasses Scotland, uh, Wales, England, and, and t- there's basically five countries that make up part of it. Um no, it's Ireland. Excuse me, right. Ireland. Ireland is part of it, but Scotland isn't. But Scotland's like a tiny, like little part. They're like basically a faction off of Ireland. I mean, it's a, it's a very reading through it. You're just like your mind continues to get blown, <laughs> and then you also just keep laughing because you're like, this is just so crazy. Because I think the confusing part of it is that a lot of people from like England will say they're British or English. They mean the same thing. It's just British just basically means you're part of the. Great Britain, and English just means you're from the country England. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's just, I think that's actually how it started me looking this up one day. I'm like, what's the difference between British or versus English? Because it sounds like you're from the same place. So, like, what's the difference? You know? Right. Anyways. Well, that's just, that's um, like in Newburn where people say, I live in Trent Woods or yes. James James City or Newburn. So, yes. Or, yes. Or River Bend. So. Yes. Pretty much. So. Or it's like where I'm at, Olympia. Yeah, we yeah. say we're Olympians. <laughs> Um, hey, so we're going to do this uh, last uh, game. It's called Pod Decks. Uh, this is my uh, buddy, uh, uh, Travis, and he makes these fun little open-ended questions. So you can take that and you can read it, and we'll both answer whatever the question is. 
what will people look back at us 50 years now from or what will people look back at us 50 years from now and be shocked and appalled by man a lot so the i've I've had this question asked me a, a couple times now and both each time has been kind of during the pandemic but i like to basically think of like all right Let's think back on 1970. Like, what do we think about shocked and appalled? There is really isn't a whole lot to me. I mean, other than, you know, wars that were happening. But for me, like, 70s were just, like, the fun hit time, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, in 2070, the shocked and appalled. For me, it's the... I, there's a balance of, of people posting things of... Um, or people sharing things of, like, positive messages... You know, we want to think that there's more positive than there is evil. And, and it's kind of true. That's what we want to think. But personally, I think in 50 years from now, if we look at history books, it'll just be how mean we were to each other, I guess, is kind of my point. There is a lot of good. There's a lot of positive. There's a lot of good things happening. But in general, it just feels like there's just a lot of just meanness. Just because it's it's still mean from hundreds of years ago, I guess, is my point. Right. It's just like we've just never been able to just... Shake hands with one another. I guess is kind of my point. I'm like about to get a little fired up, or so I'm going to stop. Yeah. But that's that. That's kind. Of, that's the thing that I've always thought about when I get asked that question is, just like, my God, can we just be nice to each other? Yeah, I would. I <laughs> All would, the time. Yeah, I would definitely would would agree agree with that. And then on the positive side, shocked in a good way of just you know in our lifetime going from the age of internet to, mm. to where we are now it's mm. like that we grew up in that age the mm. last 25 years you That's know right. back when i was like a sophomore in high school like mm-hmm. on the big old apple computer learning how to type just the the shock of how fast like social media and all that has has developed on the good side and i would agree with you on the negative side that looking back uh you know I'm not a super political guy, but just looking at right. it, like, man, we're the same people. Yeah, like, you know, I lived across the street from this person, you know what I mean? That it's, we should, what's the best for everybody? That's how mm-hmm. I look at it. You know, mm-hmm. I always, nobody, you can't go down one path or the mm-hmm. other. It's just what's, you know, make, make decisions based off of what's best for everybody. So yeah. I'd agree with you on that, that they're like, man, why did y'all argue about right this <laughs> right well, like, well, what, but, it, but it, you know the thing about the arguing thing it's over everything though it's like it used to just be you know politics you argue over but now it's like everyone argues over what you're eating or the or the stuff you're wearing it's like who care who cares if someone wants to wear an all yellow jumpsuit i mean i, like, I think it looks kind of weird but who cares right. that's what they want to wear <laughs> why do you have why do you have to point that out and knock them down for it like can you not just be nice if you if you don't have anything good to say, you just don't say anything at all. Yeah. It, it, isn't yeah. that kind yeah. of the whole point of this? It know? is. It is. That, that's kind of the whole thing about being mean. It's just like we just like pick on each other. Like we, as friends, it might be a little different. But to strangers, you're just picking on people for like, who cares what they have? Right. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, speaking of the Apple II, did, did you ever uh, finish the Oregon Trail? I did. Yeah, I don't remember if I ever did. Did, did you ever play the Oregon Trail, Claire? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, you, you had to wait in line. You had a little name on the list, and you're like yeah. waiting to get up there, and that person's sitting down there playing it. Yeah. And yeah. Did you graduate in 99 or 2000? 99. In 99. Okay, I, graduated, I was a 2000 uh, uh, graduate. Do you, 
Do you identify yourself more as a millennial or a Gen Xer? Gen Xer. Gen Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Gen Xer. You know, because there's this, uh, there's this like phrase that gets, you know, it's, I don't like labels first of all to, to begin with, but this one generational label always interests me. That, that's probably the only one thing. But in general, I, I labels drive me nuts. Um, but you know. Like, so I was born in 82, so you were born in 81, mm -hmm. I tell you, yeah, so I was born in 82, you know, but that 80 to like 83, the scientists that came up with these generational terms, okay, they, they didn't put an exact start and end date, right. they, they kind of put like a range of birth to, and so we're both in that right. range of the uh, end of the generation X and the beginning of the millennial generation, so there's a lot of people like in their late 30s. That, you know, now they're calling themselves elder millennials, which is kind of funny. <laughs> because it's almost like they don't want to get grouped in because millennials had such a hate term to them, right? And right. So, but the thing is, like, most millennials are all in their late 20s. Like, they're all in their late 20s now, like any millennial living. And so, but it's like the people like our age, they don't want to get grouped into the into that 20-year-old range <laughs> of the kids that, you know, are on their phones all the time and stuff. So they call themselves elder oh, millennials, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, what's the difference, you know? What's the difference between an elder millennial and, and a Gen Xer, you know? Right. But what's funny about it, whenever I come up with this conversation, is that it's only millennials and boomers and the Generation Y that people are talking about. People hardly ever talk about Generation X. It's just like, it's just Generation X is just like off the conversation right you know it's like they're like off the hook for anything you know but the best part of it is generation x is basically the ones that are now like i think pretty much like everyone's tied to their phone mm -hmm. that would be the thing with the millennials is mm -hmm. that they're you know you know maybe like 10 12 years ago is that they're antisocial. you know they're always on their electronic devices you know that, that kind of stuff um but it's like everybody is now yeah, and you're not that you're forced to, but I mean, you have a computer in your hand. Sure, so, it's I part mean, of life. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, it's part of life. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just, and there are just more things that you could do on the phone Be, beyond right. a phone call, text, browsing right. web occasionally. You know, there's just a lot more that you're doing. I mean, I think part of it is the fact that cell phone networks have gotten so fast now with, you know, 4G and 5G speeds. And so you're just, you're able to consume that stuff much quicker. I actually right. had, um, put my phone in like a 3G mode one time and uh, tried browsing the internet and it was so painfully it's slow. Like but then I was I'm like, that's, that's how it was, you know? Did, did you ever have a Nextel? I didn't even know what, I don't even remember since I had a Droid at one time, but I don't even remember. I had a Flip. Probably the, what was the Flip one? Well, there's a bunch of flip phones, yeah. Well, it made me think of the Razor. Yeah, well, I had a Razor. Razor. That's Actually, what I, I had a Razor. Yeah, but yeah later, back yeah. when texting first started. So. Well, one of the first web-enabled phones I had was, was my Nextel. It was the Nextel i90. It was like a super popular one. And um, it could do text messaging, but it was like web-based. It wasn't like a SMS app or something. You had to like connect to this menu system that was like it would connect online. Right. So every time I sent a text, it'd have to like connect out to the web, download it. I mean, it was a slow <laughs> process to text. I'm not even just talking about typing the letters in. It was just slow getting to read it and then send, send it. it. So yeah, I think so. I think now a lot of why people are just on it so much is just that it's so much faster right. and it's so much quicker to get to the thing. You're just using it a lot more now because of that. You know. It's like, I don't know, it's like if you had to go into town on a horse versus going into town on a car. It's like, you're going to use your car more often because it's quicker and easier to use your car right. than it is 
you know, to let your horse rest for a little bit and feed him, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the way I see it anyways. Um, hey, how are we looking? But by the way, what, uh, Claire, I, I know you don't have a mic, but... Um, so do you feel like are you like a generation Y or millennial? Like I don't know, I don't even know where you even fit, or do you even not even think of that? I don't. There was one time though somebody asked me, and we did the math, and I feel like I fell into the millennial category, and I was really upset. Mm. But they said they would take me into there. So. Is that? <laughs> See, that's funny though because I mean, like, how old are you? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. So that, I mean, to me, it just seems. I guess that's, like, reason why I just feel like I'm, like, hey, you, you know, like, I am part of that Generation X because, like, maybe 21 is still in that millennial range, but, like, we're clearly of two different generations, you know? Right. Like, that doesn't make sense to me, you know? It's like, we're very obviously, I mean, I'm almost twice as old as, you know, as you are, so. Anyways, uh, I guess with that, we'll leave the, uh, we'll, we'll put it to bed finally, you know? Ch Chad and I are, are, are Gen Xers, so we need to be off the generational conversations of things you know we didn't we didn't screw anything up and uh and that's it okay so chad uh was there by the way was there something oh you know what we didn't talk about and i just want to just talk about briefly uh, about your new position i meant to talk about this so, so tell me a little bit about that are you excited about it what is absolutely. it you're doing with it absolutely so still full-time uh in, as an agent running my team um, but I'm now also the assistant team leader at Keller Williams under Heather Stepp, who's phenomenal. Uh, basically, you know, working on my new position is to to get new agents uh, and, and, of course, keep the agents that we have. So sure. it's um, been a little transition, just, you know, time blocking, but it's been fantastic. I just, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a people person. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's been huge. And Keller Williams also partnered with Kaplan who now we do self-paced real estate school for free. Oh, uh, so that's a that's a new wow. thing. So, uh, of course, look me up. You're talking about Keller Williams, like all, not just Keller Williams. Yeah, so Keller Williams as a whole, each independent office could decide if they were going to do it, and we were one of the offices wow. that did decide. And, you know, of course, I think we, as of last week, had 19 or 20 people within the last month that have signed up wow. under that program. So it's a huge where, you know, people, stay-at-home mom that sure. or, or somebody that has a, a full-time job, now you can come home and self-pace, you know, work through real estate where, mm. and it's free. <laughs> right. Uh, what, a better, so, what a better time to get into right, it now. Right, so it's just been a, a huge, uh, you know, thing for our office of giving yeah. people the leverage to take the, mm -hmm. take the course. So. And your team's office is, is out of the Newburn one. Anyways, Correct. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm in, inside of the, the. Mm -hmm. Cause not every team works out of that. Office, right. Basically. Right. Yeah. Not every team like Don and team Newburn has their own office mm -hmm. rolling and the home sales team, uh, realist team out of Sneeds Ferry, mm -hmm. um, a couple, couple teams down there. You have to have a certain production and if you want to move out, you can right long process but you can do it but like i said mm -hmm. uh, i'm inside the office and, and you like that anyways though i i do yeah. so i would you know i don't think i would ever want one outside of right um just you know it's fun being in there and mm -hmm. um seeing everybody and yeah and, and getting people to laugh and have a good time so <laughs> i do miss the water cooler talk like yeah. you were talking about though. <laughs> you know um, when i used to work at the newspaper you know before we moved down here you know we think we had like 25 employees or so there about half of them worked on the second floor editorial. The other half worked on the production advertising floor. Um, but yeah, it was always just, you know, you'd, you'd get up to get a coffee at the Keurig. Right. You'd bump into somebody and just have a, just a little chit-chat yeah, or something. You right. Know? So being self-employed and, you know, working with a small team, it definitely, 
can be challenging here to like, I got me in my mind here, you know, it's like, how do I get this thing moving sometimes, you know, right. <laughs> other than just caffeine, it's like, ah, so I do miss that water cooler. Uh, that's actually one of the things I really like with the Entrepreneur Center that we had right. back in the day. Um, I, I think I was only in that building for like three months before it closed. Um, like three or four months, and uh, but I usually love that too. It's like yeah. they're all different businesses, but you can kind of just right. Like, well, hey, I got this idea for something. Well, it's like you know? the chamber after hours, yes, and like yeah, the young professionals. Sure. You know, downtown's been sure. huge of of in the last year, just getting to have those conversations yeah. with with other uh, you know like minded people. So, yeah. so wait, have you turned forty yet, or are you just I am. I can't be in the young oh. professionals. So, so, so yeah. next year I turn forty in June. So I says, I'm, I'm going to as many of these events yeah. as I can yeah. before. I'm before I'm kicked out. Well, and I tell Sarah, <laughs> I, I sponsored, uh, I think I did the food for the oyster roast, and yep. I went, so I was like, all right, I'll just sponsor it, then I can come if I sponsor ah! something. <laughs> then I get to be, now I'm the old guy. <laughs> That's pretty, you're, 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 the, you're the designated yeah, driver. Yeah, well, there, there needs to be that feel like I'm not 50 yet and I'm not 30 anymore. There's, that's right. Where's the, where's the middle group? Where, you know where do I, mean? I fit now? Where do I belong? Yeah, maybe expand young professionals to 45 and then that's you know what, what I mean <laughs> give that extra five years I don't feel like I'm a knee, not quite in the old guys group yet so <laughs> well talk about passbook savings accounts it's like no 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 yeah you're out you you're are out. Yeah, yeah you're out <laughs> Yeah, she's like, what was Oregon Trail over here? So, <laughs> do, you, do you know the Oregon Trail? She's like, a, you probably heard of it from just yeah. like people talking about it or something. I think you probably played online somewhere. I bet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure I never completed it though. No. <laughs> yeah, I always, always got some sort of illness that you know killed you. Or where's where's Carmen San Diego? Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That ended up being like a TV show. Also, yeah. yeah. No, I used to love that game too. Yeah. No, that all those like old, just real simple. I can't even play video games. The last video game I played was um, uh, Halo on my Xbox, which I got for free from Best Buy during like an Achievers yeah. contest that I won. Um, and so I got this free Xbox and it came with Halo. I played it a couple of times. I didn't actually finish the game on the easy level, but it took me a long, long time. time. Yeah. Could not figure it out. <laughs> kept asking people questions about things. If we if I play like with a group of people, I'm always the first one to get shot. Like yeah, I'm just like I'm usually the guy to get pegged off yeah. because I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> how to switch a weapon. I mean, I'm just bad yeah, at it. Stuff. Right. But I was really good at Nintendo. It was, it was two buttons and a directional. Right. Thing. Yeah. That's me, it. Me That's too. all I needed. You know, <laughs> I was pretty good at moving Mario down <laughs> down the castle. <laughs> That's that <laughs> my zone. <laughs> anyway, hey, we're we're gonna call it. Um. All right, so let's see. It is December 8th. 8th? Oh, my goodness, my watch is uh, back. I know. Uh, all right, so it's December 8th. So the we're taking a few weeks off uh, through the end of December. And so our next guest is when, Claire? Charlotte Martin. Uh, uh, Ooh. On the 12th. Okay, young, so young, January 12th, we got young professionals. Martin That's awesome. Um, here representing the Young Professionals of Craven County. And, uh, yeah, so we're excited to have her. And I think by January 12th, that gives us more than a month to make sure that all this stuff is, like, ready to go and push push play, play. basically. So <laughs> as long as I'm not adding anything else to the set here, we, we should be good. Um, but thank you again, Chad, well, for coming appreciate down. You, I know, you know, your yeah, time yeah, blocking yeah. is certainly important, so I appreciate you blocking yeah. a little bit of time for uh, us absolutely. here. Absolutely. It was uh, a great opportunity. So <laughs> Yeah, man, I appreciate it. So, um, all right, I guess we'll do that countdown.